Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are officially back with our first birth story in about a year now. Yeah, and like in a while. <laughs> it's been a while. We're a little bit rusty, but here we are. <laughs> so our first birth story, we had intended to put this out quite some time ago, and then time got away from us. But we wanted you to hear Hannah's birth story. She gave birth in a birth center. And not only that, she's a doula and she just talks about the importance of having a doula and an advocate and advocating for yourself. And it's just a great story. And I think it'll encourage a lot of you, no matter where you decide to birth. We mentioned in our episode, our where have we been episode, that we were kind of working out some things and deciding uh, what to do moving forward with the podcast. And we intend to do a once a month sort of thing still. And we haven't kind of worked out the kinks of what we will be doing with creating our community, but look for that soon, right? We're just, <laughs> yes, we are. it's in the work and that's all we can say for now because that's as far as we've gotten. <laughs> Kate is in a different state right now. Um, yeah, that, that definitely adds to the difficulty in planning anything, but I will be back soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have really good intentions and we really want to make this happen and we will make this happen, but it's just yeah. a matter of when, <laughs> but you know, full transparency. We're both, you know, we're both moms. Everyone knows how that goes. You're just trying to get through every day and get yep. the kids school done and you know so yeah that's where Feed we are them, which but, takes up but, like most of my time <laughs> yes feeding them I know we were just talking about that yesterday you have to feed them every day all the time so mm, yeah <laughs> if someone can like find a way to make that easier then we could devote a lot more time to the oh my podcast. gosh we'd have so much time <laughs> if we didn't have to feed them <laughs> But anyway, back to Hannah's story. Let's let you listen to this because we hear so often about how important it is to have a doula and neither of us had doulas. And this just makes it like, oh my gosh, I kind of wish that I did have one. Um, But Mm -hmm. either way, (laughs) I hear somebody sneaking in. Either way, listen to um, Hannah's story. Let us know your thoughts and we hope you enjoy. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Uh, So my husband and I have been married for um, nine years now. We have three children, uh, seven, three, and nine months. And my husband works in corrections. I am a doula and childbirth educator. So that's kind of like a basic uh, background of us all. So why don't you start off by just telling us um, when you started to, when you decided to start your family and how was your journey like to getting pregnant with your first? So my husband and I knew we wanted uh, children young. So we just, um, after we're married, we were about like almost a year that we were married and we wanted to uh, start trying to have kids. And when we had gone through that progress, like 
I'm very, especially now, very uh, crunchy mom, uh, very natural. So when I had gone through and we were starting to plan, I like researched everything. So like, that was like a major, just kind of eye-opening kind of things that I assumed or expected um, within that time frame of just like, okay, what does birth even look like? So then we had uh, gotten pregnant fairly easy. I want to say within a month or two, uh, we had gotten pregnant and proceeded to have like a really, um, what I would consider very easy pregnancy. It was like, I was still working. I was a uh, elementary intervention teacher at that time. So um, working in one of the local districts. Oh, lucky you. It's nice to have an easy pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> you thought they were all going to be that way, right? <laughs> I, I really did. I had high hopes. <laughs> of course. So did you always know you wanted a natural birth or was that something you decided during your pregnancy? I know you said you were always kind of crunchy. So, <laughs> so that was something that I knew I always wanted, uh, no one else around me in like my close circle had ever done home births or ever done out of hospital births. Mm-hmm. So like I was the first one, which wasn't really met with like conflict as much as like, okay, like, sure. Oh, we're going to see how this goes kind of thing. And like, very like I had few people in my life that were very supportive of it but had no experience themselves mm-hmm. so that was very new um I didn't want the hospital birth I wasn't really informed or um imprinted on like for home births which I really wish I did from like the very beginning uh, to be able to make that investment for us like financially to make that investment for a home birth I really wish somebody had like encouraged that but otherwise, like we knew that we wanted a natural birth. We didn't want to have to worry about unnecessary interventions and just a gentle way of like going through pregnancy without, you know, different protocols that they put through and they're like, okay, well, you know, when you come back here to do X, Y, and Z versus, okay, like what are all my choices and what are all my options to be able to walk through and make those informed decisions in a natural minded way. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So that brought you to a birth center, correct? With your first? Yeah. What was your pregnancy experience like with at a birth center? And did your family members, were they supportive? Was your husband supportive? Uh, my husband's very supportive, kind of like, um, I have a really good husband. Uh, but anyway, like pretty much anything that I really decide, and he's like, well, you know, are you sure are you good with this? And he's, and he's on board, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, you know what, I trust you to be able to know what you want or what you don't want and just kind of go with it. My family, um, was supportive again. Like I said, they didn't have experience, but they were supportive. Yeah. Um, just in that. So my care there, I would label as good, but it wasn't, fantastic again we have like this difference between like even just uh home birth midwives and birth center midwives which I know now versus like birth centers are typically more medicalized it's kind of like Mm -hmm. the step in between the two um so it wasn't a bad experience but it really definitely um looking back was very it was lacking so how did you prepare yourself for a natural birth Um, did they did they offer classes there or did you just take it upon yourself to read books? Um, I did 
tons of research. And when I say tons of research, I mean hours upon hours upon hours of researching everything um, mm -hmm. from diet to vaccines to um, birth methods, breastfeeding. Um, I knew I wanted uh, to breastfeed exclusively, like in trying to prepare myself for all of these things. Um, at that time, I had no idea what a doula was. I really <laughs> wish that I did, because I think that would have prevented some things that we'll talk about in a few minutes. But then, um, you know, they had a childbirth class that they suggested, which I'm sure was better than some others, but it definitely um, did not prepare us. And it wasn't very, um, we kind of showed up did what we did and then we left and didn't remember a lot mm -hmm. um it wasn't you know i think it was fairly interactive there's certain things that i remember but i don't think it was like a relationship build or very like um you know like sometimes you just walk into a space and you feel comfortable and you just really get involved and you kind of soak everything in it mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily that environment for us yeah i understand that <laughs> yeah so like that's something like even doing my classes now with my clients and different um, people, that's something that I thrive to do because that was lacking. Right. No, that makes total sense. You want to create that environment mm -hmm. where they're actually going to take something from it when they leave and it sticks exactly. with them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So how were you feeling as you approached your due date with your first baby? Um, I felt really good. Again, it was a very um, easy pregnancy. Um, you know, I think my only thing was like, I was this excited mom of like, oh, is this labor? Like anytime I had like a Braxton egg, uh -huh. um, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, it's going to happen. So exciting. Um, yeah, you're right. So, um, I was feeling good. I did, at like my 40 week appointment. It was, I'm assuming kind of like protocol to do a membrane sweep. Um, I didn't really question it. They asked if I wanted it. And I was like, well, yeah, if that's going to bring labor on in it's like a quote unquote natural way, which again, <laughs> no certain things. Right. Um, so I had done that. And I think that was like two days before the due date or day on my, due, like, or not my due date. Um, I think it was like the day before my like guest date. And on like the morning of my duty, you know, there was no sign of labor whatsoever. So we had, uh, I had a girlfriend of mine that lived like five minutes from us. And we went to the local uh, track in Boyertown and we're like, all right, we're just going to go walk this baby out. You know, mm -hmm. if, if labor's ready to start, we're just going to go walk. And, you know, by like a mile, mile and a half, I started cramping. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> um we like we were just like we came home we grabbed food and then we just went to the outlets um to walk around and she had shopping because she was starting a job and I remember like a little more cramping and I just remember her coming out of a dressing room and she's like oh my goodness did your water break and I'm like no like I'm just leaning over like just kind of like moving a little bit <laughs> so it was really funny um I then like proceeded to go home and just get some rest my sister brother-in-law and their son were coming over for dinner. Uh, my husband works funky shifts. So he wasn't, he was working during this time. Um, so, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to call him in case this isn't really anything. I'm like, he'll be off at eight o'clock. You know, if labor, if this is labor, you know, we'll get to it then. Um, I'm not a very like anxious individual. So I'm like, 
you know, going through this and eating dinner of which that meal I could never touch again um, now, but I just started getting these intense, um, more intense, like just kind of contractions on and off. And I'm like, okay, like, I think this is like, it was starting to establish. Um, and then, you know, around like eight o'clock that night, uh, I had lost my mucus plug and like, it was, you know, not just like a little bit here and there. It was like, you know, a little bit of bloody show and everything there. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, like, you know, so we have like, <laughs> yeah, this is like actually like, you know, certain things are like falling into place. Um, so I kind of just labored at home. I tried to rest, but I was like, it was a mix between like too excited and, you know, just kind of getting everything prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like on and off labored. things were getting a little, like when I say intense, they weren't, um, like I could still speak in between. I was just kind of moving throughout them. They weren't active labor at this point, like truly active labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and those were one of those things, like I didn't fully understand what a physiological birth looked like the amount of time, like it really wasn't, I wasn't educated in those portions of like what to expect. What are the emotional cues? What are the physical cues, um, of all those stages and phases? So I'm like, okay, like this should be like, we should be going to the birth center in a little bit. And like continued, I told my husband, cause he had just kind of done a double that day. I'm like, go to sleep. Um, that way you're rested, you know, once we have to get going. So around like, I think it was a little before two, I called the midwife and I'm like, trying to explain like what was going on, how I was feeling. Cause you know, with traveling, I'm like, I don't want to like have the baby in the car if I don't have to. Right. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we drove over and I was like, two or three centimeters. I was very early. Um, so she's like, you know, I'm going to be here now that like I'm on call for you. So you can stay here. You can go home. I'm like, I want to go home because I'm not going to, you know, just sit here and labor in another space. Um, if I don't have to, Mm -hmm. so we drove home and contractions in a car are never fun, but we came home. Um, I want to say around like four 30 or almost five, I just went to lay down and try to get some sleep. Um, after we settled in and I think I just started to doze off and I'm like <gasps> running to the bathroom. Cause I'm like, my water's like rupturing. It's like, I feel oh like this, like starting to this, like minor gush and trickle. I'm like made it to the bathroom and I'm just kind of went, I'm like, all right. So I'm like, pretty sure that that was my water breaking. <laughs> um, so I just called the midwife to let her know. Um, and she's like, well, you know, contraction started to pick up a little more she's like all right like if you want to come in you can come in we went and at that point I had um I got a check done when I got there around six uh, I was six centimeters uh so I'm like oh okay this is good like that's better than like two or three centimeters yeah <laughs> so we you know contractions were very um steady at this point and going through um And I want to say around nine, we checked again and I was nine centimeters. I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm like, I can do this. Like I can handle this. Um, One of the things that I forgot to mention was like towards the end of my pregnancy was that uh, baby had turned posterior. Okay. So, and nobody explained to me, not like no midwife, no nurse, no, nobody had explained to me that posterior could affect, you know, labor and birth. 
Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. It's just like a variation of normal of positions and baby's head down. Like that's all that matters. They've given me like, oh, here's some exercises. If you can like, you know, try to do them. Sorry. I have a laser gun shooting next to me. Um, (laughs) So nobody explained like, oh, Hey, like this could make, you know, your labor long and hard and it can make, you know, pushing a little more difficult. So, you know, nine centimeters at nine and I'm just kind of like going through, I'm like, okay, we shouldn't be too much longer, like, you know, with those numbers and how my body was feeling and what was going on and a few hours pass and I'm still at nine centimeters. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then they had, you know, cause I wasn't getting any breaks. I wasn't getting any rest. I was in and out of like the birth tub. I was at the toilet. I was, you know, trying to like side lay on the bed or lean over the bed. My poor husband was like an amazing support. Cause like he was literally doing back compressions and hip squeezes for, from what we got there at six. So like from six and then like around two, we got checked again or like we got checked again. And that was like just eight hours of him doing intense hip pressure and back mm-hmm. pressure. Oh, um, his hands and he couldn't be around food because I couldn't be near the thought of food so he was exhausted and hungry and I'm like I love you so much babe I'm like go somewhere else if you need to eat (laughs) I can't be around it so again like nothing was progressing um you know they weren't you know my providers weren't like oh hey he's posterior you know do x y and z positions and right. let's get him moving. It was very, very hands-off uh, care, which is great in some instances, not in this instance. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had asked if I wanted, um, I forget what it was. It was via IV, um, a little bit of pain relief to just take the edge off. Um, so they had given me just a tiny shot of something so that I could rest. And I remember laying in this bed, kind of tossing and turning and somewhat dozing off, but really just not like in a great like physical space of things like things were still going um and so again like after the rest I think they were hoping that like some things would progress if I was just exhausted that you know things would move along and so around like three or three thirty, I want to say we had done one more check to see if things were progressing. Cause like I wasn't feeling the urge to push or anything it was just you know my poor uterus was like boom, 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 like contraction after contraction, trying to do what it needed to do. And I remember sitting on the toilet and my husband kind of in between my midwife and I, and they're like, listen, you know, you can go to the hospital or you can labor a little longer here. Like, what do you want to do? And I just remember breaking down crying because I did not want to go to the hospital. Um, I just wanted to have my baby. Like I just wanted to have this non-interventive birth. I didn't want to have to worry about, you know, staying at the hospital. I didn't want to have to worry about potential interventions that would come from like this cascade of interventions. When you do one, it leads to another and it leads to another. And, but at that point it was just, they were on top of each other. There was no progression, there was nothing. So around 4.30, I want to say we got to the hospital which was a few minutes down the road. and we proceeded we had an angel of a nurse who was just incredible um and we had I got an epidural to you know help things calm down a little bit 
Um, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure that they had done like an epidural and Pitocin combo to make sure that things like maintained. So I got rest for like an hour or two. Um, they kind of came in or like they, um, by the time like the epidural was done, it was probably like six. I want to say I had gotten like maybe two hours of rest and then kind of started to like get a check of everything. They're like, well, you're 10 centimeters, da, da, da. At that point I had spiked a minor fever because, Hey, interventions do that. And you know, these are some of the side effects of it. And then they had realized that there was like minor meconium in the water. So we started, um, getting ready to push. And at that point, you know, with an epidural, it was very, um, limited and I wasn't given very many options, um, as to how I could push, you know, everything with that. And as soon as, you know, we were pushing and with the epidural and with all these things, his heart rate was kind of like dropping, which is again, variation of normal. I know that now. Yeah. Um, but then they had given me a third degree episiotomy and oh forceps. Oh my they did not give me permission or I did not give them permission. I did not consent to an uh, episiotomy. It wasn't even a conversation. Oh my gosh. Um, so like for my husband, he's like, he, they just, you know, pulled out these scissors and cut, like, you know, there was no conversation. There was nothing. Wow. Um, and then like, cause we knew that they were going to utilize the forceps, which again, I was, did not want, but at this time they're like, oh, well his, you know, this, you know, meconium, you know, all these different things. And at this point there was like a NICU team in there. Um, and so there was just, it was so quick and everything. And like, you know, he was born and they literally were going to take him like immediately. Um, so like my nurse, again, she was an angel. She's like, this is not an emergency. Please give that baby or that mom, her baby. Wow. So like, we what got an awesome like, nurse. <laughs> she was like, truly, I wish I knew her name. Um, she just was so, she was an angel. Um, so she just, you know, made sure that we got that just couple minutes of him with us, um, to be able to see him. And then they whisked him off to the NICU. Um, even though, you know, there weren't, it was, you know, precaution. I get that right. for hospital yeah. trying to cover their butts. Um, but there was no concern with meconium, um, necessarily they could cleared him out, um, fever. They were, you know, kind of took him on the basis of I had a fever and they had to worry about infection. Mm. So, um, we had gone through, I just sat there waiting. We kind of announced everybody, but I was there for a couple hours, you know, cause he was born just before 10 o'clock and it got to be like midnight. And I'm like, I want to see my baby. Like Gosh, you know, yeah. what is going on? And my nurse, again, she's like, listen, if you can stand up on at least one foot in balance, she's like, I will release you so you can go to get your baby. Um, Cause you know, you're supposed to like after the epidural, be able to like stand or like move yourself. She's like, I will like, you know, push you through. Like if you can just kind of do this for me. So I like hobbled over, was able to stand on like one foot balanced long enough so that I could like hop in the wheelchair and then um, get down to the NICU. And, um, it was really, um, again, very medicalized, not what I had wanted or hoped for. And he was, you know, in this little plastic crib and, um, I just remember holding him 
And at this point, I had gone over 24 hours without eating a single thing. And I just remember saying, I'm going to drop him. And I passed out. Like, oh it, like somebody had grabbed him, but then I just passed out. Oh, and like, wow. then I remember getting to the room and then I like, they were trying to help me to get to the bathroom because I had to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm going to pass out again. So like, I remember waking up to smelling salts and cause my body was so deprived from a hard labor and not eating. And it wasn't like anybody's fault. I could not be around food for whatever reason. Um, it just made me so sick to even think about it. And then they got me like, I don't even know where the nurses got the food from. Cause everything was closed. They went and got me like a sandwich and just everything. I don't know if like they went to like somebody who was cleaning up in the kitchen or like what it was, but they got me food. Um, and then I slept and nobody had woken me up to, to feed the baby. And somebody on the other shift was woke me up and they're like, you know, you need to get down and feed your baby. I'm like, what time is it? Like, cause it had been a few hours and I'm like, this is like, I didn't get that, you know, breastfeeding is so important to me and I didn't get to feed him immediately, let alone a couple hours later. So, you know, that kind of went into, um, a lot of breastfeeding struggles that we had for the days, weeks, and months ahead. Oh, um, yeah. I, oh my gosh. What an experience. Oh my oh, gosh. You, yeah. went into it. <laughs> you went into it thinking you're getting this natural birth at a birth center and yeah, wow. And com- NICU and yeah. Oh gosh. I can imagine. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully we were only there because there were no actual concerns. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, thankfully, I'm not saying um, that, but you know, we were only there for, you know, Sunday night to Wednesday morning. So we we left, you know, he had, you know, they were checking his Billy Rubin numbers all the time because um, they were off again, variation of normal. Um, but they were very particular about certain things. Um, but I just, you know, for being a very naturally minded person and not wanting my baby out of my sight, because I didn't know what they were going to do, what they were going to, um, put into him, you know, whether it be formula or vaccines that we opted out of, I was just very, um, frustrated and very on edge about that. And I'm like, I just wanted my baby with me at all times. And then I had lost him for, you know, two days. Yeah. Wow. So after you, you know, you got home and I guess you had a, a couple years between your second, your first and your second, how did you, move forward and decide that, you know, how did you decide number two would be a different experience for you? I knew that I would not, um, I knew that I would change providers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was a no brainer to me. And I've had people that have had amazing experiences with the other provider. However, I did not, um, it was too medicalized for what I wanted and too hands off. Uh, so I had, um, and it worked out for us because our insurance, um, when we had moved at between that time too, had switched to another birth center on its own. So I was like, Oh, this is great. Like, so we had, um, gone through there. The care was so different. They were very personable. Um, you were still, cause it's a larger birth center. You're still per- like kind of sorting through providers, you know, at your prenatals, but they were just so caring and loving. Um, very, you know, informed consent, uh, at that time. And, you know, just being able to go through that, I had, again, informed myself much more um, and just, you know, advocating. I became, especially after my first, 
um, became very pro um, advocating and self-informed. Uh, that was because again, I still didn't know what a doula was. I didn't really, I'm like, well, we already did a childbirth class. Like that didn't do anything. Um, so I didn't realize <laughs> like, oh, there's, you know, obviously these varying levels of what there is. Um, so we had gone through um, with this other birth center and, you know, we knew that my body was more than able to do what it needed to do. Just like it was the first time, um, had I understood like how to get a baby moving posterior from posterior and out, um, having to, you know, different positions, different exercises, different things I could have done prenatally and in labor, um, rather than getting stuck in like these positions that were not going to encourage a posterior baby out. Um, so, and that's fun because I'll get to that with my third birth of her position changes in labor. Um, but anyway, with Asher, we had, um, I had started early labor again on the due date, which is abnormal, mm -hmm. but I think it's also again, because I opted to do a membrane sleep at my 40 week. Um, because I get, they just were like, well, this is, you know, when we do a cervical check, we can just do this. And it was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. Cause like labor started, you know, pretty quickly with my other after that. So we had, I woken up on my due date and I was like, all right, well, we're going to go walk again. I called my girlfriend up. I'm like, Hey, you know, you want to repeat of this? Um, so <laughs> do it exactly the same way <laughs> we went and we walked and by like around a mile, I started cramping. I'm like, this is oh great. Right? Even if it's not, like, even if this like just encourages things to move along a little bit, whether it's today or the next couple of days. Um, so my husband was off cause he has a rotating shift. Um, and we had, you know, gotten my son over to my parents, you know, when things had started to pick up, cause I'm like, you know, second baby, we never know how like long or fast it'll go. We had gone over to the birth center, um, and we had dealt with, um, him being breached at 36 weeks. So I was a little more concerned of like positioning, um, cause he had gone, he had turned breach at 36, I think it was 37 weeks. Um, so we're like, before that we had gone through, we had found, uh, my chiropractor was familiar with Webster technique. So like we had, you know, he thankfully flipped within like 24 hours of doing chiropractic, but I was still like in the back of my mind, like I need to make sure, you know, that he's head down and things are okay. So, cause our uh, provider at the time did not do breach vaginal births. So, you know, even just with that, like, you know, at 37, 38 weeks, when we had gotten turned back down to vertex head down, um, they're like, okay, like, you know, your uterus is like doing what it needs to do. It flipped them and like go home, drink a glass of wine or get a beer to get, you know, to calm your body down. And, you know, that way there's no other changes or flips or anything. So that was like at 37, 38 weeks. So at 40 weeks, I'm like, you know, what? I just, I need to make sure that, you know, baby is where they need to be. Um, and I had gotten there and it was early labor. So they're like, again, they're like, you can stay here. You can get to, cause it's an hour away from our house. Um, they're like, you can stay here. You can go to a hotel or you can go home wherever you want to labor. They're like, you tell us what you need to do. And I'm like, I'm go home. <laughs> I'm like, it's a drive, but I'm just going to go home. You know, at that point, like I was confident that if baby came, you know, I was like able to handle it. Um, but I'm like, I just don't want to, you know, labor excessively somewhere else. And, you know, if it goes like for 12 plus hours, cause I'm like, well, my last one was a long birth. Um, so we went home 
I kind of like got into, I was laying, tried to rest and tried to sleep. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be exhausted. Like I was before. Um, so I had myself into this like meditative state of like sleeping in between active contractions. Cause at that point contractions had revved up. Um, so like we got home at like seven 30 and I want to say I napped from like seven 30 to 10 30 on and off. So very, you know, in contractions, deep breathing. And then, um, in between, I just was sleeping. It was just amazing to be able to like train my mind and my body to do that. So I woke up and I'm like, all right, things are, you know, I'm not able to fall back to sleep. So I jumped in the shower. I'm just kind of laboring like over our banister. And, um, I called them around 1130. I'm like, Hey, you know, things are picking up. They're very consistent. Um, I'm just feeling like, you know, we're going to come in. So we had gotten there a little after 12 ish. Um, cause I think we made it in like 40, 45 minutes. Cause you know, nighttime driving, there's no traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so we got there and I was like, I want to say around seven centimeters cause I chose to do <laughs> cervical checks. Um, and then by, you know, one 30 or a little before one 30, I'm like, I don't feel babies like pressure that I have to, you know, push, but I'm like, I just feel pressure that like, I have to poop. Like there's a, like, I was very analytical of like, I don't feel pressure, like needing to have a bowel movement. Like, you know, that pressure of pushing baby, mm-hmm. but I'm like, something's there. And they're like, well, do you mind if we check, you know, just to make sure that, you know, it's not baby. And here my amniotic sac was birthing oh <laughs> in this, like, it's just very rare. So like, the amniotic sac had like kind of started to birth and it like filled out. It started to, you know, when she had checked and I had like opened my legs, it came out and it was like this grapefruit size, um, back of the amniotic sac. So she's like, you know, very calm. And I'm sure she was excited, but she's like very calm. She's like, do you mind if I have your husband go get the nurse so she can see this? I'm like, sure. I'm (laughs) like, can you please take a picture for me? Like, because this is me. I'm like, I want to see it all. I want to like, know what's going on. And my husband's like, you guys are crazy. (laughs) So like in here, it was the, yeah, she had it checked out and she's like, you know, she's like, I can leave it alone or I can, you know, kind of like hook it and rupture it. I'm like, you can do that because that's going to be uncomfortable just hanging there. Um, but again, they were very pro informed, like consent and everything with things like that. So, um, by the time essentially we had gotten there, I was like in transition. Um, so my husband went from a labor, you know, with our first that he was so hands-on and this time, like he couldn't touch me because it brought too much sensation to my body. Um, so I, I'm like, honey, just go put a show on your phone. And like, I'm just going to just labor here. And I'm like, I got into like a ritual and a rhythm. And he's like, are you sure? I'm not going to get yelled at this for this later. I'm like, no, seriously, just like, I don't want to be watched. And I don't want to, you know, you're trying to touch me to help me. And it's just making things like more intense. So he's like (laughs) in the corner, like on his phone, on a rocking chair, like looking up, like, he's like, is my wife going to like hold this against me for the rest of our lives <laughs> like being I'm watching a show while she's like in her right um, so I um went to the bathroom they're like well do you want us to fill up the tub um so you can kind of labor in there so we did the tub and this was like just before like all of this had happened in like 20 or so minutes it was just before you know one or before two that I had gone to sit in the water and as soon as my bottom hit the bottom I'm like I'm pushing. I have no control. Baby's coming. 
I like, I jumped up and they're like, okay, the midwife's like, kind of like put her hand on. She's like, okay, I have a head in my hand. Um, oh my <laughs> wow. So she's like, and they're, you know, she's like, all right, like, you know, let's get you over to the bed so you can get in whatever position you want. So like her and my husband kind of lifted me up over the tub edge. Um, Cause they're not um, certified for water births. And we knew that going into it. Um, so we had, you know, I kind of hobbled over, got on all fours on this bed and just roared my baby out. Um, literally. Wow. Uh, so it was just that. And then he decided to be um, with a nuchal hand. So his hand was up on his face while he birthed. Mm. So I went from like hands and knees to then just the very final. Um, they just kind of had me lay on my, like they gradually just kind of turned him. And then I went to my side. And so he birthed like from all fours to sideline and everything so I literally roared him out that's why I tell people because when it was like a two it was a two minute pushing phase like talk about fetal ejection reflex mm -hmm. uh, it's like, no joke <laughs> it, uncontrollable like boom like it was just you know this crazy thing and then you know he you know latched within like 20 like 15 minutes and I just cried because I'm like this is what it's supposed to be oh. like, you know this is what it, you know this undisturbed birth like you know because we don't have like that fetal ejection reflex when you feel washed when you feel you know your environment is not safe so mm -hmm. like from that to the breastfeed and I'm like oh my goodness this is how it's supposed to be like you know night and day yeah so night and day so like and like, they're so hands-off. They don't take the baby to weigh them. They don't push anything like, you know, whatever. Um, and we just cuddled in bed. Like, I mean, eventually they did like footprints and eventually they weighed and measured, but like, otherwise that baby was with us, never out of their sight, probably for the first few months, honestly. Um, well, except for like a date night here and there. Um, so like, that was just so night and day of like our first or second in our birth experience with it yeah oh my then, gosh yeah and then we went home like you know with the next amount of time wow that, that is sounds that's amazing awesome so now so our listeners may not know that you are a doula so between your second and third is that when you kind of delve into becoming a doula learning more about birth tell us a little bit yeah about I had um I want to say Asher our second was a year and that was or like his first year was when I started learning what a doula was and I'm like oh my goodness like why like why have I never heard of this why you know did a midwife never say that this is a good option mm -hmm. right um so you know we so I had like started to research and I'm like this is literally what I'm doing you know for I was a huge breastfeeding advocate huge like natural birth advocate and this is like what I was doing for friends and family. Cause I was like the go-to person. And I'm like, this is literally a role. I'm like, so really dove into it. Um, went through uh, my training. I did a 16 week course, summer like days or summer like weekend courses. I wanted a very in-depth um, training. So I went through and got like a fertility birth and postpartum uh, doula certification. Oh, wow. Um, and it was just, it was much more of an intensive uh, training, which is what I wanted. Um, but it was so good and so incredible. I'm like, man, if every mom could do this training, yeah, right. I'm like, this would be so good. 
Um, so that was really like what lit this fire under me for like completely changing, um, the birth world and changing, you know, childbirth education. Cause then I went into proceeded to do my childbirth education and my breastfeeding education certifications. Cause I'm like, we need this, um, mm-hmm. yeah. in here and we need like, cause a lot of, and a lot of different, um, childbirth educators are very passive, which is great in their own right of, you know, what that's, everybody has a different, you know, way about them, but I'm very much informed decisions and advocating for yourself and what, you know, all of your options are from conception to parenting. Um, so being able to bring that into it and just really, um, empowering, you know, my clients and different, um, people is just incredible. Um, so yeah, that was where it started between, um, after my second that I'm like, this is, this is what I'm doing. And like, it just was like completely full dive. Like I was such a childbirth and breastfeeding advocate before, let alone now having like all this information behind me Mm -hmm. that, you know, even just talking to people at church and they're like, oh, well this or that. And I'm like, oh no, like, da, 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 da. like, you know, kind of like even in those conversations of like, they're like, yeah, but if this happens or that happens, and like being able to say, but your body was created for that. And though those are possibilities, they're rare possibilities. And, yeah. you know, there's ways to prepare for that. And there's ways, to, you know, so much to be able to like, you know, even on like ground level, inform and empower people. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Definitely. normalizing birth and normalizing uh, breastfeeding and normalizing just biological norms of infants, whether that's sleep or eating schedules and things like that, like huge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So going into your third birth, you were like, you knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, I knew so much. Um, and even with that, I was like, I'm hiring a doula and my husband's awesome. like, well, do you do you need a doula? I'm like, I'm like, listen, Asher's birth was as easy as I could have imagined it be. However, like not only like every birth is so different, but I'm like, what is the harm in hiring a doula? I'm like, it's an investment. And I'm like, and I'm so thankful for my doula. Like she, during pregnancy, cause you know, with, um, Asher's and Diana's are nine month old within their pregnancies, I had mild HD. Like I was never hospitalized. However, um, I couldn't function. Um, and for being a very naturally minded person who had to go on to, um, medication for it, that was really hard for me. Um, so, you know, going through HD and having my doula there to check in on me and truly understanding what I was experiencing, um, as well as just the emotional check-ins or the mental check-ins or like giving me, even as a doula, I can't doula myself. Cause you know, you always give people great advice, but then you have the same thing happen. You're like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? So like, yeah. my doula, especially when, when you, was, you know, it's, when I, what's that? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so like, you know, I was experiencing like pelvic floor issues. And mm-hmm. like, for me, for a client, I would have been like, okay, like here's exercises you know, here's the name of a great public floor therapist that I really, really encourage you to go see. I'm like, I'm in so much pain. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my bill is like, Hey, here's all these resources. And like, it was just so different because you can know everything or know a lot of stuff. Cause you're always learning and still need that support from other people. Oh, and just sure. that like, and it's part of like creating villages. I always tell people, I'm like, a doula is added to your village or the start of like your village that you're creating as a parent. 
Um, so like, and she always had my back, always checking in, you know, different like suggestions of things. Um, so yeah, I hired a doula, even being a doula and being an educator myself. And like, this is just, this is part of what I believe the birth team should be. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I wish every, you know, parent and could have these, you know, educators and these doulas and these amazing midwives. So I'm like moms and dads, like, you know, this is what, you know, the basis of care should be so that everybody's supported, everybody's informed and everybody has these beautiful births, even though that varies so much in what that looks like for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so Diana's pregnancy, I had HG again. I had a lot of, um, pelvic floor, um, issues, which I had spoken with a, um, pelvic floor therapist beforehand. Um, and then COVID hit. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there were like changes and everything. Um, so I think like even emotionally, and I'm not an emotional individual, I'm very logical. Um, emotionally, um, I had my blessing way canceled, which I had planned this beautiful blessing way. Um, and then everything got messed up with COVID oh, yeah. and, uh, just a lot of cancellations. And I mean, that's not the worst thing that could have happened. Um, yeah. but you know, we had a lot of people that immediately quarantined. We had a lot of people that, you know, I was going to get like a henna tattoo on my belly. And obviously like she wasn't available at that time. Um, and just all these different things. So, um, even kind of like processing that, or my son was supposed to be at our birth and processing that and going through even with her I'm like listen like I want to do a home birth but I can't justify the investment for the last month um it was really hard and looking back I just wish I sucked it up and we would have made a way um but you know processing things with her um and thankfully like the birth center like always saw doulas as the birth team so like she was at our birth um my husband was um so the difference with her was I refused to do a membrane sweep and any prenatal cervical checks. Um, Cause now that I knew more, I was like, no, like, you know, and I even went into labor, you know, I don't know if I will do any cervical checks, but I'm like, knowing I probably would because it's, I'm a numbers person. I'm a logical like thinker, even though I know that it won't necessarily give me any time frame. to me, it was like, comforting if that makes any sense yeah um, sure of course and so, it's like what you knew from before and it's kind of you know you can gauge where you are now versus you know exactly and even though I knew that if there was no cervical change that hey that all those contractions are doing 50 other jobs mm -hmm. um so that was um going through that so we didn't do anything uh prenatally I went um three days post-date. Um, and every night, you know, you go to bed and you're like, Oh, I wonder if I'll wake up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if I'll wake up in labor. That would be nice. Um, you know, and just kind of going through and it was, you know, I never had stress from people, you know, Oh, like, you know, you're going late. What are you going to do? You're going to do an induction because I was so open through my pregnancy that I always say like, you know, somewhere in that month, I'm like, I'm doing the beginning of, you know, May, you know, I get, I gave people my date, but I'm like, listen, you know, baby can come up to two or plus weeks late you know, according to our, you know, everything. Um, like, so I always told people, I'm like, I'm fully expecting to go 42 or so weeks. So there was never any of this pressure of like, oh, you're 40 weeks. What are you doing now? So like, that was, okay. I think that made things fortunate. so easy because <laughs> yeah. I'm also kind of a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like, and like, 
people knew that like I was completely confident in the fact that it's okay if baby doesn't come by 40 weeks. Um, so I think it normalized a lot of things for people where they're like, oh, like 40 weeks, you know, our doctors always were like pushing for X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, but unless there's medical concerns, there's no need to put my body through that or my baby through that. So, um, yeah, we never had, we never had to navigate like those post-date, like people stress or anything like that, um, which is really, really good. Um, we still got exciting phone calls of like, oh, like, you know, do you think baby's going to come today? But it was like, I was in a good mental and emotional state too. Um, so I think that plays into it of like, I wasn't just aggravated and like done with being pregnant. I was exhausted, but it was like, okay, like I'm fully expecting to go two weeks, you know, post-date. Um, so that helped. Um, but uh, three days after her due date, I woke up and I went to go to the bathroom and, you know, my husband had been off all week, like all weekend, like just funky sleep and everything, which we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> and I had lost my mucus plug. And again, it was like, you know, full mucus plug, bloody show. It wasn't just like a little bit of mucus. Like I had dealt with like mucus at the end of all my pregnancies. And I'm like, oh yes. Like I called my husband. I'm like, yay. Like, you know, maybe something's going to start today. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to bed, which never happened. Cause I got too excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, so I just kind of laid there and rested. And then I went downstairs because we were supposed to have friends over for breakfast that uh that morning because um they were leaving to move down to South Carolina. So we're like, oh, we really want to see you before you guys leave. So we were doing um I had a breakfast casserole and I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing breakfast with anybody this morning because if things pick up, like I want to just be able to do that. So I texted them, put the casserole that I had already made in the oven and just, you know hung out. And I was like, you know, when my boys woke up, you know, I was like, I'm going to just be prepared just to chill with them. And little did I know, as soon as like I put the casserole into the oven, cramping started, I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was like, I want to say like around five was when I lost my mucus plug was between four 30 and five. And then, you know, by eight 30, things started to kind of like get consistent. I was like, oh, this is like so much quicker. Um, so we just kind of hung out with the, um, with my kids. We did like, we watched a movie, we read books, um, cause they get up at like six, six thirty every morning. Um, so like we were able to just kind of have us time. Cause I'm like, this is the last time I have with them as a family of four. Um, and my husband was really, really exhausted. Um, and I was like, just go, you know, go sleep before, you know, we have to go to the birth center. So I'm like in touch with my doula. I had used a TENS machine, a TENS unit, which is like um, minor, like essentially like electrical shock to kind of help you ride the waves of contractions. So I was like, you know what? I want to try this to see if it's something I want to invest in for my clients. Um, So like, I was just kind of like feeling contractions, but it wasn't anything. I really just noticed that they were getting closer together. Um, So that was like, all right, like, I don't physically feel like I need to go, but like, they're getting very steady and very close. So I'm like, never know how fast things will go. If it'll be a longer labor, like the first, if it'll be a quicker labor, like the second. So we, um, dropped or no, we didn't drop. I had my uh, mother-in-law come get the kids and, um, we headed over to the birth center. I want to say we got there around 1130, um, and was like, I want to say, it was like five, I was like five centimeters. I got checked again and baby was in a good position. Everything was looking great. 
and um, Ardula had gotten there maybe around like one. Um, we had told her to come over and we just kind of labored. I was doing a lot of hands and knees. I used a cub, which is like a comfortable upright birth chair, um, but it's like essentially a sturdy yoga ball. It's amazing. I love using it with my clients. So I was using that in my yoga mat. I was like, like going back and forth to the bathroom, like trying to do like different positions. My body does not like sitting on the toilet when like in labor, but I'm like always trying to keep my bladder empty to create that space for baby. And, um, you know, once I started feeling like a little more pressure, I kind of started weaning off of the tens unit. Cause I'm like, I wanted to be able to feel everything that my body needed to do. <laughs> I just had immense amounts of back pain and I'm like, Oh no. Oh gosh. <laughs> I was like, this is not happening. <laughs> oh no. And so um we had, you know, when I was starting to feel more pressure, I'd ask for a check. And here um baby had turned posterior mm. and was engaged. Um so we had, you know, again, my midwives were amazing. Like I had everything set out of like you to like, not really. I'm like, listen, like total hands-off care, but I want to be able to have a mirror. I want to watch my baby and I want to catch my baby, you know? And like, I had things postpartum that I wanted, um, that they were amazing in, you know, trying to always make sure it was, you know, an option for me. So like, I started feeling the urge to push. It was like an early push. And, you know, I was trying to do it in squatting position, um, but nothing was, you know, happening. So I went into the tub and just to relax and everything and just to kind of get that like um, pressure off of my perineum and just to kind of like get into like a different environment. So we had done that. And then um, I started feeling like the urge to push again when I was in the water. So I hopped out and we kind of went from squatting and then they gave me a birth stool to like if I wanted to change positions because I was getting really physically exhausted very quickly um because the contractions were one on top of each other at this time and um she was not coming down very easily mm -hmm. um even though she was there so we had done that and then we went into um I started just you know those hormonal shakes and getting very tired. So I'm like, I need a resting position. So we went and we did side lane. And so like, it was my husband, um, my doula and my doula was amazing. because I was supposed to have birth photographer there. So she was kind of going back and forth in the role of photographer and doula. So like, and I'm again, not a very emotional person, but her being in front of me, just encouraging me was what I needed to get through this very difficult, like pushing phase. Cause um, baby's position, normally babies kind of like rock a little bit and they go back in, you know, during contractions, she was literally sitting there each one. And there was no relief in between contractions. So like I needed that emotional and physical kind of support. Um, and my midwife and nurse were just incredible, just following my lead, um, whatever needed to be done. They were just checking baby's heart rate because it was more of an intense, um, phase, um, and going through that. So to find out that baby was posterior, a synclitic, which means their head was cocked to the side and brow presentation, which means like they had their head cocked to the side and forward. I'm like, oh, my gosh. oh no. <laughs> wow. So 
they were amazing. They didn't stress me out at all. They didn't even tell me that until after they're like, you're doing great. You know, just follow your body, you know, bear down when you're ready in between these contractions, rest, you know, just very encouraging, very supportive. Um, so it was just really incredible. Um, they even, you know, when she was coming out, they're like here, like, you know, you can feel her head. Cause they knew I was more just focused on getting like through the contractions and just pushing baby and bearing down. So they're like, you know, do you want the mirror? Like, even in like this, like everything going on, they're like, okay, like, you know, do you want your mirror? Do you want to feel baby? So like, I was able to feel her baby, you know, as she was crowning or her head as she was crowning. And, um, I, you know, told him, I'm like, no, I don't need, um, I don't need the mirror at this point. I just, you know, I need to focus on what I'm doing. Um, and it's just amazing to me. Cause my doula, I remember specifically, she's like, you can do this. And I'm like, it never even crossed my mind at that point, as exhausted as I was that I always tell people, I'm like, don't get in the mindset of, I can't do this, or I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, if those start entering, just keep repeating, I am doing this. And I just remember at that point of her saying, um, you know, you can do this. And I was like, it's not that I can do this. Like I am doing this. And she's like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> um, cause I was, you know, I was so determined, you know, transferring was not an option. Um, nor did I think it was ever, ever at that point. Um, you know, just everybody was handling things so well, letting, you know, physiology take its course, even though it was, you know, not you know, the ideal situation. Um, so she was born, um, and came right onto my chest. Um, lots of cuddles, um, lots of everything. Like even, you know, she had, she was a little gunky inside of her lungs and everything, but like they never took her off. She just, they just kind of worked through like the gunk on my chest. Um, and when she started nursing, it cleared everything out. Um, but yeah, it was just so different. Um, even amongst COVID like, and everything, it was just, so beautiful and so, um, natural, um, as to what it was. I never felt like question, never felt, you know, like I couldn't do anything. It was just, you know, whatever I needed to do and the space was mine. Wow. That is, that sounds like an amazing experience, even with the, you know, little obstacles you faced with <laughs> the <great>. positioning. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Still- it made, it made healing a little tough because just of like essentially like bruising and just like, it was not an ideal position. So mm-hmm. recovery was a little tougher, but nothing compared to like an episiotomy and like, right. Like exactly. That. You're like, um, I've been yeah. through worse than this. <laughs> yeah. So like we had, you know, we went home like that night, she was born at four 34 and we were home by like nine 30 wow, um, awesome. and just cuddled in bed and everything like that. We had a meal train. I had a meal train set up for six weeks. That was one of my big things of like, I'm not messing around. Like I'm <laughs> having people take care of me even amongst COVID. Like, and I know everybody has different views. Um, we kept things as normal as possible. And that was our plan until um, my husband had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no. uh, apparently at, he, apparently he had it at her birth. We just didn't know. So that's why he was so tired. Oh my God. <laughs> the couple of days leading up to birth. We just thought it was work. Um, cause COVID hit, he works in corrections. They were doing tons of overtime. We just thought he was tired. <laughs> and oh like, gosh. yeah, a couple of days after he's like lost his sense of smell and taste. So he had COVID, um, which I'm like, listen, I just pushed a 10, 10 baby out and you're sleeping. So oh, no, not so, great timing. <laughs> yeah. Great timing. So like, um, yeah, we got through that. It was very, um, we just kind of rode with it and 
as soon as he was like back to normal, we just kind of like went back to like our normal life. I rested so much after he was feeling better. Cause I'm like, listen, my goal was like the first two weeks, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, people were going to bring our meals. You know, we originally be pre COVID we had all childcare set up like that. We had friends that were going to take the kids like once a week so that they could get their time while I could just bond and relax. Um, we had friends that were very cautious with COVID, um, still are. So like some of those things fell through, mm-hmm. but I had a really great mother-in-law and other friends and everybody, um, supporting us through everything. Um, so we just, you know, we rode with it. It was a very different, um, postpartum, especially immediate postpartum when Bob was sick and I'm like, oh, okay, oh, gosh, that's so <laughs> like, hard. we knew it was inevitable, but I wasn't really planning on the week of her birth for you to have this. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> exactly. you like become a little more lively and go get me sushi. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So, yeah. It was very, very different. Um, every single birth and every single, mm-hmm. uh, experience and all very unique. Yeah, yeah. And it just shows that, you know, the more you learn for yourself, the the more that can change how each birth goes. It's really up to you. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of your stories with us that that can be, I'm sure they'll be very encouraging to, you know, someone who's considering a natural birth or a birth center birth or home birth or anything, but yeah, just trust your body. Yeah, I mean, exactly. man, if I could just tell everybody something like trust your body, mm-hmm. you know, you might have to learn things along the way, but just trust that your body was made for this. Like, you know, there wasn't a mistake in how your body was created. Exactly. That is the truth. That is so important to tell yourself. So how, you are local to us. So if, if some of our listeners want to get in touch with you and learn about what you do, how can they find you? You are in the uh, Philadelphia suburbs, I should say. People yes, so <laughs> Southeastern PA, so like Lehigh, Berks, Montgomery, um, some of like Westchester, um, like Chester County um, areas. I am a doula, um, birth doula, childbirth and breastfeeding educator. And so for contact, I had recently um, pulled off of social media for various personal reasons. Um, with conflict of interest and things. So really um, email and uh, phone calls via my website, which is uh, www.transcendmaternalservices.com. And um, there is, you know, resources on there that just to get in contact with and to keep up to date with things. I'm also, since pulling off of social media, I'm going to be getting back into doing like an email list. So just keeping up to date with things like that is huge. Um, I'm continuing doing birth uh, support as well as in-person childbirth and breastfeeding education classes. So, which is huge uh, as many are looking for that right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And especially we've seen such an uptick in birth center and home birth and mm-hmm. being educated is crucial as you know, as we know. So, so much. Yeah. So awesome. We will have a link to your website on our show notes and people can get in touch with you and hopefully learn some more because you have so much information to give. It's awesome. And we really appreciate you sharing our story. And on a personal note, I love chatting with you because we are in a, a yes. group together. We talk and we're both local. And we have mutual friends, but we've never met in person. Yeah, we really need to get together in person. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Thanks so much to Hannah for joining us. Even though this was a long time ago, we're glad that we could finally put it out. And we loved hearing her story.
Yeah, and don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Birth Naturally. Send us a DM with any of your thoughts, feelings, and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you can, because it really helps others find us. So we'll see you guys next time.